0: It's April 25th, 2020, and that means there's eight months left until Christmas. Today on the show, not rain, nor sleet, nor snow shall stop us from talking about the folks who bring a lot of Christmas to our door, the United States Post Office. We'll also count down five Christmas movies currently streaming, show you how to play some Christmas games any day of the year, and it's the world premiere of part one of our made-for-podcast Christmas movie. Okay, let's start the show. Welcome back to the Christmas Cave, you believers. I'm Tim Babb, happy to be with you once again. A lot of us may be stuck at home, but that's not going to stop us from making merry in our own special way. Hope everyone is staying safe and healthy out there, but here in the Christmas Cave, we don't need to social distance or wear masks, because the Christmas Cave is in our minds and in our hearts. And as this shelter in place drags on, I'd say more than ever, we need a little Christmas now. We need a This little bit of Christmas Now comes from the company that will own everything someday. Oh boy, I see where this is going. No imaginary listener who sounds suspiciously like Mickey Mouse, but for copyright reasons is definitely not Mickey Mouse. I'm not talking about Disney this time. Well, that's a refreshing change. Yes. This time I'm talking about the internet giant Google. You may be one of the folks who takes advantage of their Santa tracker on Christmas Eve. You get to watch Santa deliver presents all over the world and track what part of the world he's in in real time. And while you're doing that, the site has a bunch of Christmas-related games and videos. Well, in 2018, I bookmarked the site, and I checked on it every month in 2019, and guess what? The games and videos are available all year round, and there's a ton of games. You can style Santa's beard for a selfie, catch gumballs and candy canes, build toys with the elves, and the one I love to mess around with is the Elf Jam Band. It's so silly, but I love it. You have this stage, and you get to populate it with all these elves playing different instruments. I like to start with the drummer, just to get a beat going. Then, I add a little bass player, because I'm all about that bass, about that bass. Then, gotta throw some keyboards in there. After that, I gotta pick a tambourine player. Then, I want a little hip-hop flavor, so you toss the DJ elf cut it up on the ones and twos on his turntables. And that sounds pretty good, but it's missing something, don't you think? Yeah, we need a little funky saxophone in there. It doesn't sound particularly Christmassy, I'll grant you that. But the stage is full of Christmassy vibes, and come on, you gotta love that funky sax. And there's plenty more games and videos for you to check out at santatracker.google.com. And if you don't want to write that down, I put a link in the show notes of this episode so you can go see it there. So, go ahead and distract yourself with some Christmas time fillers. And speaking of Christmas time fillers, it's time for today's five golden things. Five... Streaming! That's how we're getting most of our entertainment these days. But if you're like me, you have no interest in whatever that Tiger King show is, and you can only handle so many rewatches of the Avengers movies and Frozen 2 before you crave some Christmas in your life. So I'm going to count down the top five Christmas movies available for streaming as of the recording of this episode. I'm going to try and hit as many platforms as I can, but I don't have them all, so forgive me if I miss your favorite. Number five. Elf on IMDb TV.
1: You like sugar, huh?
2: Is there sugar and syrup?
1: Yes.
0: Then
2: yes! We elves try to stick to the four main food groups. Candy, candy canes, candy corns, and syrup.
0: First off, I didn't know IMDb TV was a thing, but apparently it is. It's an app or something that lets you stream stuff. I don't really know how it works, but Elf is supposedly on there right now. So if you're one of the people who's in the know about IMDb TV, you can stream the classic 2003 comedy with Will Ferrell and Zoe Deschanel. This is a great one if you're longing for something Christmassy, but also light. And you know what was good? It was directed by Jon Favreau, the same guy who kickstarted the Marvel Cinematic Universe with the first Iron Man movie and was the one behind The Mandalorian. Number 4 Christmas Vacation Hulu. Dad! They invent Christmas tree lots so people wouldn't have to drive all the way out to nowhere and waste a whole Saturday. They
3: invented them, Russ, because people forgot how to have a fun, old-fashioned family Christmas and are satisfied with scrawny, dead, overpriced trees that have no special meaning. (sighs) My
4: toes are numb.
3: You see, kids, this is what our forefathers did.
4: I can't feel my leg.
3: They walked out into the woods, they picked out that special tree, and they cut it down with their bare hands.
1: Mom, I can't feel my hips. Yes, honey. Audrey's frozen from the waist down.
3: Uh, That's all part of the experience, honey.
0: This is another streaming service I don't have, but my old roommate does, and he assures me. Christmas Vacation is on there. I talked about this movie at pretty great length last year, but this is another Christmas comedy, but with a little more bite to it than Elf. Chevy Chase is obviously the star, but it's fun to see Johnny Galecki before he was on The Big Bang Theory, and Julia Louise Dreyfus before she was on Seinfeld or Veep. Number three How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Netflix.
5: The Avarice Never Ends! I want golf clubs, I want diamonds, I want a pony so I can ride it twice,
3: get bored, and sell it to make glue.
5: Look, I don't want to make waves, but this
3: whole Christmas season is stupid, stupid, stupid.
0: Okay, Netflix. I definitely have Netflix, and I can confirm this movie is on there. The CGI animated movie that came out recently was on there for a while, too, but it seems to have been pulled. And while a lot of people like to give the Jim Carrey Grinch a lot of flack, I think it's a very enjoyable movie that's certainly fun to watch with the kids. Number two. Muppet Christmas Carol, Disney+. Plus.
2: It was Christmas Eve. Night was falling, and the lamplighters were plying their trade. Hey, 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 like the lamp, not the rat, light the lamp, not the Oops, rat! My what apologies! Put, uh,
5: me out, put me, out, um, put me uh, out! Put me
0: out! Put me out! Put, put me, me out! Put me out! What? This is another one I can confirm. I definitely have Disney Plus and I definitely saw this movie on there. In fact, a few weeks ago, I did a live Twitter commentary while watching it. The weirdest thing for me about watching this on Disney Plus is that the When Love is Gone song is cut from this version on Disney Plus. That's so weird. I realize most people have watched the movie this way, but the only copies I've ever owned had the song in place. How does the closing credits make sense without the hearing the character Bell sing when love is gone to Scrooge? Oh well, fortunately the rest of the movie is Muppet-tastic and Michael Caine gives a great grounded performance to Scrooge. Honorable Mentions. Coming home for Christmas, Xfinity Hallmark. What's your fascination with Christmas?
6: It was my dad's favorite, to sit by the fire with my family and the lights flickering on the tree, I mean, it's, it's magical.
0: We've never had that.
4: And you should definitely come home.
0: So I'm not sure if this is a temporary thing, but I found a bunch of Hallmark Christmas movies streaming for free on Xfinity. And when you see one starring Danica McKellar, you know you gotta watch it. Number one, It's a Wonderful Life, Amazon Prime. Now listen to me, I, I beg of you
6: not to do this thing. If Potter gets a hold of this building and loan, there'll never be another decent house built in this town. He's already got charge of the bank, he's got the bus line, he's got the department stores, and now he's after us. Why? Well, it's very simple, because we're cutting in on his business, that's why. Because he wants to keep you living in his slums and paying the kind of rent he decides. Joe, you had one of those Potter houses, didn't you? Well, have you forgotten? Have you forgotten what he charged you for that broken-down shack? Here, Ed, you know, you remember last year when things weren't going so well and you couldn't make your payments? Well, you didn't lose your house, did you? You think Potter would have let you keep it? Can't you understand what's happening here? Don't you see what's happening? Potter isn't selling, Potter's buying. And why? Because we're panicky and he's not. That's why. He's picking up some bargain. Now, we, we can get through this thing, all right?
0: We, we've got to stick together, though. We've got to have faith in each other. This is another movie we talked about at length, and specifically about how much I love it. And Amazon Prime currently has two ways to stream it. You can see it in its original black and white as the director intended, or you can watch the abomination that is the colorized version. Not that I have a bias about which one you should choose. Either way, you'll be viewing, for my money, the greatest Christmas movie ever made. And that's my list, but I know I must have left a ton out. So please send me other suggestions. What Christmas movies are you streaming now and where are you finding them? I also realized I'm recording this at the very end of April and a lot of streaming services switch out their movies at the first of the month. So hopefully you're listening to this not long after I posted it or I can't guarantee that all these movies are still streaming on these services. But hopefully they are and hopefully you're enjoying them. And if you can think of more that I didn't mention, send them in so we can share them with the whole class. You can leave a comment on Facebook or email me directly at christmas at tancast.com. And now a word from one of the other podcasts on the Christmas Podcast Network.
5: This season on the Advent Calendar House. Gadgets, toys, greed, avarice. We tackle a new holiday special every day from December 1st through Christmas Eve.
6: Merry Christmas, TV Slayhouse. Joker
5: here. From the must-watch Christmas classics. The Grinch. To the lost treasures at the bottom of the discount DVD bin. Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Join me at adventcalendar.house and on the
0: Christmas Podcast Network. I love it, So today, I'd like to talk about one of the unsung heroes of Christmas, the United States Postal Service.
1: Every holiday, millions come to a very special place. They come for what they know they'll find, and for some new ideas that may surprise them. And of course, they come for help with their mailing needs. The place, your post office, where more than ever, we're helping you handle the holidays.
0: The U.S. Post Office has been in the news a lot as of late, so I thought now is a good time as any to talk about them and their role in Christmas. I've been meaning to do this segment for a while, ever since I had an armful of packages that I brought into my local branch one busy day in December, and I still got in and out of there decently quickly, all things considered. And I feel like the Post Office gets a lot of hate, and while I've had a bad experience here or there, I generally find that the U.S. Post Office usually gets my Christmas deliveries both to me and to my loved ones pretty reliably. But before we get into the post office at Christmas, let's do a little background on the post office in general. While individual colonies had their own post offices, the U.S. postal system was established in 1775 by the Second Continental Congress. So technically, the United States postal system predates the United States. The first postmaster general of the system was Benjamin Franklin. Franklin would lay the groundwork for what would grow into our modern post office. Quoting from a History Channel article on the subject, quote, He made numerous improvements to the mail system, including setting up new, more efficient colonial routes and cutting delivery time in half between Philadelphia and New York by having the weekly mail wagon travel both day and night via relay teams. Franklin also debuted the first rate chart, which standardized delivery costs based on distance and weight, end quote. In 1792, the Postal Service Act established the Post Office Department as a cabinet department of the executive branch. This lasted nearly 200 years before the Postal Reorganization Act of 1970 created the modern U.S. Post Office as an independent agency still operated by the federal government. Nearly half the world's mail is handled by the United States Post Office. The Post Office processes and delivers 472.1 million pieces of mail every day. But the busiest time of the year for the post office is undoubtedly Christmas. In the U.S., we send two billion Christmas cards alone every year. And that's not even including packages, which I couldn't find a solid number on. Then you take into account all that online shipping, and you've got a busy holiday season. This holiday season, the Lehigh Valley Processing and Distribution Center in Bethlehem Township will deliver more than 3.6 million packages.
5: Make no mistake, the U.S. Postal Service is committed to getting that package delivered, so you order it, you ship it we're going to get it delivered
6: the u.s postal service here on the outskirts of the christmas city has also been busy making sure every sleigh i mean mail truck
0: is ready to go and mail carriers have already begun sunday deliveries
5: it's 24 uh, 7 round the clock to get that to make that happen
0: but what's the best way to get the most out of your christmas post office experience well it's an answer that nobody likes least of all me plan ahead The earlier you ship your stuff, the less busy it will be when you go to the post office and the less stress you will have to go through about wondering if it will make it on time. Each year, the post office posts on their website and in their branches the deadlines for shipping, the deadlines for first-class mail, priority shipping, and express. But beware, with each later deadline comes higher costs. And when mailing off packages, you want to make sure they get there looking nice. The post office has a great instructional video about how to pack your packages on their site. Here's a quick clip.
3: Selecting the right size, strength, and shape of your shipping container is a key to successful mailing. It's a good idea to select a box that is slightly larger than the content you're putting into it. If the box is too small, it can get overstuffed, forcing the box to bend, tear, or break open. Whereas if it's too big, your content can shift and shake inside the box as it's transported, possibly damaging your goods. Stress from outside the box can cause it to collapse or crush. That's why it's important to reinforce the box from within. The content you place inside might provide some natural reinforcement, but you don't want your content to bear the brunt of the load. Packing materials provide the perfect protection. Whether it's one item or multiple items that you're packing, you want to stuff bubble wrap, crumpled paper, or other soft absorbent materials along the bottom, sides, and top of the box. Fragile items need to be individually wrapped or stuffed.
0: Of course, the post office wouldn't be anything without all the people who work so hard to sort, organize, ship, and deliver all this mail. Of course, the ones we're all familiar with are our mail carriers, and clearly I should have added them to the list of people who work on Christmas, because apparently you can actually pay extra to have your letter or package delivered on Christmas Day. Our mail carrier is named Winston, and he rocks. He actually knows both my boys' names, like we're in Mayberry or something, rather than a city of like 86,000 people. Around Christmas time, a lot of people like to give a gift to their mail carrier. Here's something I found out. It's illegal for a mail carrier to accept a gift just for being your mail carrier. You have to have a personal relationship with them. Also, the gift can't be more than twenty dollars in value. If it is, your mail carrier has to pay you back the difference. So if I were to get Winston a thirty seven dollar cheese basket, he has to look it up, find out how much it cost, and then pay me the seventeen dollars difference. Isn't that crazy? Like, I'm sure that rule exists for a good reason that I'm not privy to since I don't run the government, and believe me, you do not want me to run the government, but it seems like a bit of a bummer. Oh, also, don't give your mail carrier cash. I guess that gets too close to bribery territory. So what are some good gifts to get your mail carrier? Well, there's always gift cards, as long as they can't be exchanged for cash. Food, you got candy, donuts, maybe some fresh-made cookies, but no alcohol. Or you could always make something, like a scarf or a painting, if you're talented in those ways. But I wonder... Would a mail carrier like it if you got them a card? Or would they be like, "Uh, oh, great, one more card to carry around today? I know we have at least one mail carrier who listens to the show. Write in with your thoughts. Christmas at TanCast.com. What kind of gifts would you like as a mail carrier? I'll be sure to keep you anonymous if you prefer to be that way. So why did I pick now to talk about the post office? Well, with all that's going on with this COVID-19 situation, the post office is out there working every day because they are considered essential. And they are essential. Medicine, medical supplies, and checks and money orders come through the U.S. mail every day. But due in part to a declining mail volume and in part to an odd funding structure that was set up in the early 2000s that I won't get into because it's a little more political than I like to get on the show, the post office is running out of money. See, they don't get any tax money for their normal operations. They are funded by us when we pay to ship things. And that's what led me to this because I saw something online that said if everybody just bought one book of stamps, we could save the post office tomorrow. Well, I know everybody in America doesn't listen to the show, but a lot of Christmas fans in America do, and I discovered you can still buy several varieties of Christmas stamps right this very second. So I'm encouraging everyone, if you can afford it, to pick your Christmas stamps up a little early this year. It's something to look forward to coming in the mail when they ship them to you. It'll take something off your list this December, and it'll help you make sure there's still a functioning post office this Christmas. So thank you to all the postal workers out there for connecting us every day and especially for helping spread our Christmas cheer around the country and around the world. More people shop online for the holidays than ever before. And the United States Postal Service delivers
6: more of those purchases to homes than anyone else in the country. Because we know
0: even the smallest things are sometimes the biggest. And now it's time for the results of our musical showdown from last episode. It's time to see who sang it best. <laughs> This really divided the Bab household. If you don't remember the showdown from last time, it was Percy Faith and his orchestra versus Adina Menzel singing We Need a Little Christmas. Well, you see, my oldest has been reading all the books in the Percy Jackson series by Rick Royden, so just based on the name alone, he was Team Percy. But my youngest is a huge Frozen fan, so he was definitely Team Elsa. I mean, Team Adina. So, let's see how the votes turned out. Well... It looks like some of you have been forced to watch Frozen 2 one too many times because with 70% of the vote, Percy Faith is the winner. Join us next time where we'll pick a new song and two new performers and you'll decide who sang it best. And finally today, it's time for something a little different. A few episodes ago, I asked you all to audition for what may be the first ever made-for-podcast Christmas movie. You see, I wanted to write a Christmas movie that was kind of like Die Hard, but in the style of a Hallmark Christmas movie. But to do it, I needed you all to lend your voices, and many of you stepped up to the challenge. So thank you to listeners Kristen, Brendan, John, Mike Westfall from the Advent Calendar podcast, and my lovely wife, Danelle, for lending us your vocal talents this week. I'll be serving as the narrator today, and I'll be reading all the stuff that you would normally just watch if this was a movie, and that includes explaining what you're looking at. So every time a scene cuts to a different location, I'll say something like exterior, Tim's house, night, or interior, tim's car day that just sort of lets you know that we are cutting from one scene to another just so you can picture they like oh i'm looking at something new if you're not used to hearing scripts read out loud it might be a little odd but i think eventually you'll get used to it all right so now the can't wait for christmas podcast proudly presents act one of a bomb for christmas interior house living room night As the opening credits roll to the tune of Deck the Halls, the camera slowly pans across the living room covered in cheap but cute decorations. A fire is crackling in the fireplace, and the lights are twinkling on the tree. As the credits come to an end, the camera stops on the front door. All of a sudden, the door is kicked open! (laughs) Seattle PD, nobody move. Detective Holly McTiernan bursts through the door, gun drawn, eyes fiercely scanning the room, a look of steely determination on her face. This lady means business and looks an awful lot like Danica McKellar.
4: Front room clear.
0: As Holly enters one of the adjoining rooms, we see her partner Tracy enter behind her. Gun also drawn, though she too has a determined look. Her eyes betray a hint of nervousness.
4: Tracy, come in here. It's worse than I thought.
0: Interior, house, living room, night. As Tracy enters, Holly holsters her gun. The two officers stare at a table covered with empty beakers, test tubes, papers with foreign writing, and electronics. What is all
4: this? Looks to me like they built a bomb. You can tell that from this mess? I trace these stolen chemicals to this address. The lab boys say that if combined together correctly, they could make a bomb capable of destroying a small building. What about all these wires? I'm guessing that's some sort of detonation mechanism, but that's not Terrapelli style He knows how to build bombs, but he's not a tech guy. You think he had help? I think he's working for someone. The question
0: is, who? The sound of glass breaking causes both officers to whirl around. Through the living room window, they see Larry Tirapelli falling down after leaping out of the second-story window. Holly runs towards the window.
4: You didn't clear the second floor? I I, I didn't have a chance before you called me in. Wait, what were you doing?
0: Holly smashes through the living room window and takes off running after Larry. Freeze! Exterior, Seattle neighborhood night. Holly chases Larry through the neighborhood, past yard after yard of beautiful Christmas displays. Larry turns and fires at Holly, who ducks behind a giant Rudolph before the bullet takes off his nose.
4: You blew off Rudolph's nose? Now you've gone too far.
0: Holly continues chasing down Larry. Exterior, outside the Terrapelli house, night. Tracy runs to the car and gets in. Interior, Holly's car, night. Tracy starts the car and peels out after Holly and Larry. She grabs the radio.
4: This is Detective
0: Chabert. I'm on 12th Avenue, headed southbound. Partner is on foot in pursuit of suspect. Exterior, neighborhood, night. Holly relentlessly chases Larry through more festive yards. Give it up, Tirapelli. Larry turns the corner, and when Holly follows, he has disappeared in a yard filled with many Christmas inflatables. Holly takes in the surroundings, scanning for Larry. Come on,
4: Tirapelli. This is no way to spend Christmas. Why don't you play nice? Come down to the station. We'll get you some eggnog. You'll tell me all about that bomb you were building.
0: The camera looks at all the different inflatables. No sign of Larry.
4: Come on. Just play my reindeer games and tell me who
0: hired you to make that thing. Holly sees a flutter of movement out of the corner of her eye. She turns and jumps at a Grinch inflatable, tackling Larry on the other side. The two have a fight, but it soon becomes clear that Larry is seriously outmatched, and he is quickly overpowered and thrown to the ground. Holly puts the cuffs on him as Tracy pulls up in the car.
4: I guess it turns
0: out I'm the Grinch, because I just stole you Christmas. Interior, police station office, night. The office is bustling with officers doing paperwork, making phone calls, etc., Holly's phone rings. She pulls it out of her pocket, looks, doesn't recognize the number, and answers. Hello? Interior. Festival office. Night. Bobby McTiernan is in an office with plans for a Christmas festival all around him. He is packing things up in his own special, non-threateningly handsome way. Hey, babe. Bobby? Where are you calling from?
2: They gave me a little office space at the Christmas festival so I could help with the last-minute planning.
4: Christmas festival?
2: Really, Holly? It's only Port Codwell's biggest event of the year.
4: I mean... Yes, I know about the festival, but why are you part of planning it?
2: I told you, the sports bar is the main sponsor this year. (laughs) Do you even listen when we talk anymore?
4: I'm sorry, honey. I don't remember any of this. I've been really focused on a big case here.
2: It's fine. I can retell you all about it over dinner. Are you on the ferry yet? What? Don't tell me you're still at the station. It's Tuesday night. Aren't we going to meet for dinner? Babe,
4: I can't. I just apprehended a suspect, and I'm going to be interrogating him for the next few hours.
2: So, you're canceling on me again?
4: Look, I'm sorry, but this guy is bad news, and I think he's just the tip of the iceberg.
2: I know, I know. I just wish the bad guys didn't spend more time with you than I do.
4: Hey, Holly, Tirapelli is in interrogation room three. Thanks. Oh, honey, I,
0: I, I gotta go. I'll call you later. The phone call disconnects before Bobby has a chance to say... <sighs> I love you. Bobby stuffs some paper in a folder labeled Seattle and takes a folder off the desk, revealing a paper with Russian writing on it. Bobby does a double take, grabs the paper, crumples it up, and throws it in the trash. Interior. Interrogation room three, night. Larry is sitting handcuffed to the table, looking bored and unimpressed. Holly enters, holding a stack of manila folders and reading one as she enters. She closes the folder and drops them with a thud on the table as she sits down.
4: Larry, Larry, Larry. It's a shame we have to keep meeting with. Like-
0: What can I say? You
6: fill my heart with Christmas spirit.
4: Really? Because it seems to me you're working awful hard at staying on the naughty list again this year.
6: I don't know what you mean.
4: Uh Uh-huh. What were you making? Making? We found your little arts and craft table in the spare room. Taking up a new hobby? Mm? Oh, I'm helping
6: Santa by making toys. guess the North Pole got a little behind and had to punt this year.
4: Oh, so this note we found. This is some kid's wish list to Santa?
6: How should I know? I don't speak Russian.
4: I don't speak Russian either, but we got a guy who does, and he's going to translate this for us, and what do you think it's going to say?
6: I wouldn't have the first clue, officer.
4: Detective.
6: Well, if you're the big fancy detective, why don't you figure it out? Oh,
4: I'm pretty sure I did figure it out. See, we've got you on the camera breaking into the Nakatomi chemical plant, and we have a list of the things you stole. Now, you may not want to tell me what you were planning on making with all that stuff, but it definitely ain't a batch of grandma's snickerdoodles. But let me be real with you, Tirapelli. You're pretty insignificant. I don't really care about you, because there's no way a simpleton like you came up with this plan. I just want to know who's really behind this. Who hired you to build that bomb. What bomb? The bomb you made with those chemicals you stole. Oh,
6: I'm sorry. Did you find a bomb in my house?
4: We found your workstation.
6: Maybe I was just making some fireworks for a Christmas festival.
4: With stolen chemicals? Who
6: says they were stolen?
4: We have you on camera.
6: Are you sure that was me? I have one of those faces. A lot of people say I look like an actor from one of those Hallmark movies.
4: Enough! Where is the bomb?
6: Detective, you seem to be getting upset.
4: Who hired you to make it?
0: I have no idea what you're talking about.
4: What's the target?
0: Suddenly, the door to the interrogation room opens and Captain Willis enters, a large, bald man who is constantly weary and grumpy. Detective McDiernan, can I see you for a second?
4: I'll be finished here in a second, Captain.
5: You're finished now, Detective.
6: Uh oh. Guess our lovely little chat is over.
4: Yeah, too bad for you. Talking to me was your best shot at a lighter sentence. Now you'll get everything that's coming to you.
6: Oh, everyone gets what's coming to them
0: on Christmas Eve.
4: Well, it'll be kind of hard for Santa to find you when you're locked in a cell, but don't worry. I'm sure you were just getting coal anyway.
0: Holly and the captain exit while Larry sits there looking irritated. Interior. Captain's office. Night. Captain and Holly enter. Holly is clearly frustrated.
4: Why'd you pull me out of there? I almost had him.
0: You were losing control.
4: No, I wasn't. I wanted him to think I was losing it. You were screaming at him. It's part of the act. You know, good cop, bad cop.
5: So who is the good cop? I'm the good cop. But you were clearly the bad cop.
4: Yeah, I switched back and forth to throw him off balance.
5: You can't be the good cop and the bad cop. The whole point is to... You know what? We're not having this argument right now.
4: Great. So can I get back in there?
5: Not a chance. We've received about a dozen phone calls tonight about a crazy woman running through people's front yards and ruining their Christmas displays.
4: You need me to solve this one? It's probably just some idiot kids.
5: It was you, detective. What? You were so intent on taking down Tirapelli that you probably caused thousands of dollars in property damage.
4: He built a bomb, Captain, and now it's in the wind. I gotta find it before something horrible happens.
5: Correction, the FBI has got to find it. You've got to take a couple days off.
4: I don't need any time off, Captain.
5: It wasn't a request, Detective.
4: With all due respect, Captain, I'm one of the best detectives in this precinct, and you cannot afford to sideline me while there's a bomb on loose.
5: The instant the bomb was unaccounted for, I brought Homeland Security in.
4: You gotta be kidding.
5: Detective Holly... You are not only one of the best detectives in this precinct, you're one of the finest peace officers I've ever worked with. But you push yourself too hard, and you will burn yourself out.
4: I'm fine, Captain.
5: Oh, really? You're the first one in here every morning and the last one to leave at night. When was the last time you spent time with your husband?
4: I don't know if that's any of
5: your business, sir. That long, huh?
4: We just talked on the phone less than an hour ago.
5: Talked on the phone? No. Come here. Look around this office. See how merry it looks because so many desks are decorated for Christmas? I guess. Look, Santiago's desk is covered with stuffed reindeer and snowmen. Murtaugh has those lights. Wickham has all those snow globes. And Actually, that might be an unhealthy amount of snow globes.
4: What's the point, sir?
5: Look at your desk. Just stacks of files and a half-eaten donut that I'm pretty sure is from
4: last
0: Christmas. It's not that old. The captain gives Holly a quizzical look. Fine.
4: It's from the Thanksgiving potluck we had last month. What's the big deal?
0: The big deal is you're
5: great at your job, but you are more than your job. There's always going to be another crime to solve, but there's only going to be one Christmas this year.
4: This feels like a really weird position for my boss to take. You want me to be worse at my job?
5: Not worse. Look, I'm talking to you as a friend. You need to get a little more balance in your life. But I'm also talking to you as your boss, because, selfishly... I would like to have my best detective around for a long time to come, but that's not going to happen if she burns herself out early. (sighs) So please, it's Christmas. Take some of those days off you never use and spend some time at home in Port Caldwell. Maybe help Bobby with the festival.
4: Wait, you knew Bobby was helping organize the festival? Of course, it's
5: the biggest event in Port Caldwell.
4: I literally just found out earlier tonight. And there's my point.
5: Merry Christmas, Holly. Go home.
0: End Act 1. Cut to commercial. How about that, huh? Not bad for a guy who hasn't written anything since a play I wrote in college. And it's thanks in large part to those great performances. So let's give some love to the cast. Kristen as Tracy, Brendan as Bobby, John as Larry, Mike Westfall as Captain Willis, and my lovely wife, Danelle, as Holly. Thank you all for making this goofy dream come to life. Also, thanks to Kevin McLeod, whose versions of Joy to the World, Chase Music, and Christmas Wish we use thanks to a Creative Commons license. And I hope you'll all join us again next month when part two of our story picks up in the quaint little city of Port Caldwell, Washington. And that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. I know you have a lot of options for how to spend your time in quarantine, so I'm very grateful that you chose to spend this time with us. Don't forget to buy some stamps and let us know what Christmas movies or shows you're streaming these days. We'll be back again next month with more Merry Madness for you. And in the meantime, you all Believers, keep laughing all the way. And that was Christmas 1983. Actually, Dad, it's 2020.
1: Thank you for listening to another episode of the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, a.k.a. iTunes, and email us about it at christmas at tancast.com, we'll send you a free Can't Wait for Christmas sticker. If you'd like to see the show notes or leave a comment on this or any other episodes, you can go to our official website, cantwaitforchristmaspod.com. While you're there, you'll find a link to our official Zazzle store where you can grab customizable t shirts, ornaments, stickers, and all sorts of other Christmas themed items all year long. We'd love to connect with you on social media. On Facebook and Instagram, we are Can't Wait for Christmas Pod. And on Twitter, we are at No infringement is intended. Okay, boys, did I forget anything? God bless us, everyone. Merry Christmas!
0: So if you are one of the people who are in the know about IMB... And while a lot of people like to give the Jim Carrey Grinch a lot of hack... Hack? Hack? I've been meaning to do this segment for a while, ever since I had an arm full of packages that I brought into my local post office branch one busy day in December, and I-, I, I, I... That's one heck of a run-on sentence, Mr. Bab. Interior. Tirapelli House Living Room. Night. As the opening credits roll to the tune of I Don't Remember the Tune. Not Joy of the World. Deck the Halls.